0: With proven strategies, systems, and processes. We've saved our clients tens of thousands in legal fees and helped define their future. And now we're doing the unthinkable. We're revealing the secrets the lawyers have tried to hide and giving you our formula for five steps to a seamless divorce. We're changing the world one divorce at a time, so stay tuned. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. And this is part two of why does divorce have to be so hard? So last week, we discussed the five key reasons that I see that most people struggle and why divorce becomes so hard. So let's just recap what they were. One was emotions and like fighting these demons that we never ever knew that we had. Having these emotions that we've never experienced before and really don't know what to do with. And that becomes part of our problem because not only are we fighting with what's going on externally, let's say, with the house and the kids and the assets and just, you know, what do we have for dinner and the basic going to work sort of things that we're dealing with while we feel so crappy, we've got this internal dialogue going on and we've got this whole thing happening with, Well, why do we feel like this? Come on, smarten up. You don't need to feel like this. You're scared, you're lonely, you're fearful. All of that is happening. And in many, many cases, we've never felt anything like this before. We've never felt any of these emotions and we seriously don't know how to deal with them. And that becomes part of the problem. Then the next one is assets. So we've strived so hard. We've gone to work in what could could be seen as, uh, you know, just hours for money. So we're going to work in something that we never really thought was our lifelong purpose, just doing a job, getting paid for our hours, and then because we're spending time away from our family and really not doing what we love to do that we see is making a difference in the world... We buy assets with that time and then those assets mean more. So not only are we emotionally attached to them, but we've spent so many hours at a job we didn't love doing something we really didn't care about to buy something that becomes the reward for not doing what we see as our purpose in life. Hopefully that makes sense. But... Something I see very regularly, people that seriously do not love their jobs or do not like what they're doing and then the ramifications of that, they bring a lot of that home that unnecessary, you know, I don't love what I'm doing and they're fighting them, you know, internally themselves. They're fighting with I'm spending time away from my family, doing something I don't really want to do, paying for an asset that, you know, I've worked really hard to purchase. And it could be, you know, investment property, shares. Um, you could be, you know, every month when you pay that those dollars against that car that you've always wanted or dreamed of, it means so much. So you want to fight for it. Then the next thing is cost. And the cost of just in your mind going, oh, my God, I can't believe how much it's going to cost just to get this done. You know, why can't it just be simple? And because the lawyers and everyone else make it so confusing and the whole divorce system is confusing and let's be honest, there's no manual or, or anything like that other than what I offer. You've just got to follow the process and before you know it, you've spent 20, 30, 40 150k who knows but all of these things so far are why divorce is so hard and then the next one we spoke about last week was communication because we struggle to communicate with someone that we already have all these inner conflicts going on with we're having these battles it becomes a bit like a war so it's hard to communicate when you feel like that And then the last one is identity. If you're fighting to maintain your identity and you're still struggling with with what your future might look like, the loss of that identity is just one more thing that people in some cases struggle to bear. So if they're the five, emotions, assets, costs, communication and identity, what do we do about trying to simplify this? How do we try and make it a little bit easier if we possibly can? So if we look at the first one, emotions, and if we're fighting these demons that we've never ever known were even around, what do we do? And I think the thing here is I use the words fighting, fighting these demons. Let me ask you, what if you just allowed them to happen? What if you just allowed them to come and visit you and you allowed yourself just to feel what it is that you had to feel in the moment? Because maybe there's a lesson in the emotions. Maybe it's your body actually waking up and all of a sudden you've been numb for so long that the emotions that you're feeling are what allow you to know that you are actually alive, that you've got something to actually fight for. And many people don't look at it that way. And I think it was about podcast 78 or 79. I did a podcast on you are where your attention is or um, you are, I think it was called, um, you're a, a reflection of where you are right now. And in that podcast, I talked about, you know, mastering your frequency and your vibration and your sound. And I talked about the fact that, if your emotions are, you know, if you're always concentrating on the negative emotions, what happens is because of the law of attraction, you just bring more of that back to you. So when I say, why not just allow? I mean, just sit with the emotions, understand what they are and why you're feeling them and then work through them. And sometimes there's a positive to why you're feeling that way. So Are you lonely because it's your body telling you that you need to actually be searching for more? And is is that what you're actually feeling? Is it that, you know, you might be scared, but that's scared. How do you turn that to excitement? How do you make it, wow, this could be, even though I'm scared, I'm going to do it anyway. Like I've talked before about me and the shark diving, and this is not about me by any means but i'm just using i'm just using my own personal experience because that's how we learn through other people's experiences so you know i was petrified but i did it anyway and it was one of the greatest things i've ever done in my life because i just did it so i went from being fearful and scared into wow it's one of the greatest memories that i have and that's what i want you to think about when you're looking at your emotions is it just a shake-up? Is it just wake up? I want you to know that I'm in here. I want you to know that I'm still alive. I want you to know that rather than walking around as a zombie like you may have been doing because you haven't really realised the value of your life, gets you to wake up. You know, I'm not saying that. Some people are clinically depressed. Some people, and I. this was my mum, and I know it's also been a few of my clients, that certainly have had to go and have some help with some um, some medicine, only simply because they'd never felt it before and had to deal with it. It doesn't need to be a long-term thing, but it, you sometimes you need to go to the doctor and you need to get the help. But for me as well, I know counselling, because I kept saying to my GP... No, I'm fine. This was my choice. I don't need to go and see anyone. And she said, No, you're going to go and speak to a counsellor. Like I'd been going to see her for twenty years, so she knew me very well. And I was amazed at when I went to the counsellor, the the things that I didn't even know I had issues with like my own parents divorce like I had no idea that, that I hadn't dealt with that sort of stuff so it was amazing for me what came to light just in those therapy sessions and just around what I was fighting for like the things that I didn't realize I had caused in the relationship it was a real light bulb moment so I recommend that for everyone okay then the next one is assets Now, it's easy for me to say this. Uh, It's harder for people to actually understand it. But I often talk to my clients about, look, it's simply just a case of mathematics. It's assets versus liabilities. And it's working out what is best for you to keep and why. And when it comes to those assets and liabilities, sometimes we need to really think long and hard about the future purpose of an asset that we're going to keep. People don't think of it like that. Sometimes they just think, no, I've got this house. I can't deal with anything else. I just want to stay. They don't realise the long-term ramifications of what they're saying. And even when it comes to decisions around, in the current market as well, we've got the market is in, in a decline. The property market in certain areas is in a decline. And you know some some micro areas at the moment have seen declines up to eight or nine percent already. And if you're selling an asset right now, you sit there and you could be contemplating, and I hear this many, many times, I'm going to hold on to it till the market improves. And my question often is, well, how do you know the market's going to improve? and are you prepared, to wait the amount of time that it takes. Because sometimes we just have to cut our losses and get out and sometimes we, by doing that, we're, allowed, we're allowing ourselves to move on with our life. And maybe that's the greatest gift that sometimes you can give yourself. But when you've worked really hard for an asset, that conversation and realization can be quite difficult for many, many people then the next one is cost so how do you simplify your cost and part of that is actually actioning all of these five key areas that we've spoken about so emotions asset costs communication identity but if you can manage the other four in many cases you can keep the costs quite low and communication is one of the greatest ways but combined with communication is emotions and managing your emotions because when you make decisions on your emotions, they can be very, very costly. So you want to make sure that you do it from your practical you know, you're doing your homework and your due diligence, doing it from that side of your decision-making brain rather than emotionally going, no, no, I don't care what you're going to say. This is what I want and this is why. You haven't thought through it. And that's the costly part of it. You need to master your emotions and you need to make sure that You've thought everything through and you've got an end plan. So having a strategy for your divorce, you hear me say it all the time, the strategy is key and it's the strategy that will save you the money. Now, communication is next. And on my website, I have a course actually on how to communicate with your ex, especially when you're leaving. So making sure right from the word go, if you're the person that's that's instigating leaving the relationship, you do it from a place of love and kindness and you don't blame each other. And this is the key also because when you bring in emotions, you communicate at a very, well, you can communicate at a very destructive level. And you can say things that at the that particular stage when you feel so hurt and, you, you know, as I said, you, you're fighting these demons of feelings that you've never felt before. You can say things that maybe you don't feel You can say things at the moment because your day's been really bad or someone's cut you off or, you know, you had to wait longer in the supermarket than you thought because the checkout person is taking longer, whatever. You know, they all compound to cause us problems. And then before we know it, the last point of call for us is that all of a sudden all of this verbal diarrhoea comes out of our mouth that really maybe we didn't think about and we probably don't mean but sometimes once the words are said they can't be taken back. So we've got to be careful with what we say. We really do. Because it can it can have it can have effects. If you really feel it and you need to say it, it's how you say it that's the key. And communication is what will allow you to have a long lasting That's if you want a long-lasting relationship when your divorce is over to manage the children or whatever else that you might have in your life. Now, the last one is identity. And I spoke about this last week with my identity was, at that period of time, was to be a mother. And I strive to be the best mother I could be. I remember I must have been about 13 years old and my mum said to the neighbour, she goes, I think I'm going to be the youngest grandmother there is because I was so clucky. Uh, I had a little brother at that stage. My, my youngest brother and I are 10 years apart and I just babied him. And then everyone in this, the court when I was younger all had kids and I'd go around and babysit all the kids. I was just so clucky. I was just nurtured, You know that I just loved to nurture and care for people and that was my identity what I had to do in my new life was still use those identities or the key things that were important to me and I'm going to give you a trick on how to learn or to realize what it is for you and this was a tool I learned many many years ago and it was go around and ask 10 people that you know, family members, your kids, your best friends, could even be someone at work, and ask them to tell you what they like the most about you. it's pretty hard to do. But what happens is you start to see common thread. You start to see people saying the same things over and over again. And when I did this little exercise when I was working at the airport... People would say to me, oh, you're so free with your time. You go over and above. If anyone's ever got a personal situation, they tell you. Like I would have the CEO, um, other managing directors, they would tell me things, personal things, that they wouldn't tell anyone else. I've always had that gift that people would trust me, that they would tell me things. And so if you think about it, today in what I do for a job, people are telling me their most private secrets and how they feel and I'm blessed that they trust me with that that information so I when I think about it I've been doing that for a long time that was just part of my identity and I've used some of those things that the people told me about to then go okay well how do I now use that to continue to have the same part of my identity that's important but to use it to build the rest of my life. And that's what I've done. So I I highly recommend that for you. If you're really struggling and feeling lost and worried about what your identity is, just do that. Go around to 10 people, if not 10, even five, but ask them, tell me something or tell me the key things you see in my personality that are so special about me. And that's where you start to really find the gold because sometimes we just can't see it in ourselves so let's just you know recap so we've got emotions so we want to try and if we can to make divorce simpler we want to manage our emotions and we want to just allow them to be we want to notice them we want to understand what they're telling us And we want to be able to master them so we can use them for good, not bad. Because so many people either try and suppress them rather than asking themselves, what is it that this is telling me? What do I need to know? Then the next one is assets and making sure that you have a clear understanding of what your assets are and have a strategy around why you should keep something or why you should sell it. The cost. Making sure that if you can manage all of these other four, that you can keep the costs low. And having a really good team. Even, you know, give me a call. Happy to help. This is my area of expertise. The next one, communication. Managing what you say and understanding that words have consequences. Then identity. As I said, go and use my little tip. Go and ask 10 people to tell you. What you are, what what you're so good at, and see how you can use those things to build a career or a future around. Because they're the that's the framework. Those those key things that you're good at, they're embedded in your identity, and that's what makes you the person you are. How do you build on them to really have a strong future? Okay, my darlings, that's it for this week. I hope that this has made sense and helped you out as it has with many others. And I'm sure you know I'm here for you. If you need anything, just book a call, send me an email, and I'm happy to help. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Angel Podcast. Go behind the scenes of my business to learn the secrets no one else will share. Deep dive into the Divorce Angel process and listen to our most popular episodes over at tanyasummerton.com. If you love this episode of the podcast, do me a favour and head over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives. That's all for now and I'll catch up with you next week.